G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. There's nothing worse than a broken promise. Jesus made lots of promises. What was the last one that he made? How important was it? Did he keep it? What does it mean here and now? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to A Different Perspective. And before we get started, just a quick reminder, at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet called Who is Jesus? I'd love to send you a free copy to help you get to know him better and to draw ever closer to your Lord and your Saviour. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so please don't miss out. Well, here we are at the end of another week, and this is the last program in a four-week series. There's been 20 programs asking and exploring the question, exactly who is Jesus? What I thought would be great is to finish up by having a look at one of his last promises. For me, there's nothing worse than when someone makes a promise and fails to keep it. It's really lousy. Jesus made quite a number of promises in his three and a half years of public ministry. But this one, this one was a parting promise. He said it was also his father's promise. And it was a promise that ended up changing the course of human history. What was it? Did he keep it? What happened? In human terms, I believe the greatest promise that one person can make to another is the promise of marriage. The promise between a man and a woman. Now, there are two sorts of promises on this earth. A bilateral promise and a unilateral promise. A bilateral promise goes something like this. I'll do this if you do that. Now, if you don't do this, this is the punishment. So it's a conditional promise. It's where both parties have to do something to make the contract work. The other sort of promise is a unilateral promise. Now, a unilateral promise says, doesn't matter what you do or you don't do, this is what I'll do. It's the unilateral promise that's an unconditional promise. So question, which one is the marriage vow? Is it unilateral, is it unconditional, or is it bilateral, conditional? Well, most of us would probably answer, given that two parties are entering into this contract called marriage, it's probably a bilateral promise. Let me read you the wedding vows that I spoke to my wife, Jackie, on the day that we were married. It's very short. Let me read it to you. Jackie, today I take you to be my wife, and so I set myself apart from the rest of the world for you and you alone. Everything I am and everything I have I give to you. In the heights of our joy and in the depths of our sorrow, I promise to be by your side, to hold you, to encourage you, to honour you, to cherish you, to protect you. It is my solemn promise to you that I will always seek to love you just as Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Jackie, all of these things are yours until we are parted in death. Question. What sort of promise is that? Is it bilateral and conditional? Or is it unilateral and unconditional? Well, pretty clearly... That is an unconditional promise. Because there are no conditions in there that make any of my promise of behaviour conditional on what Jackie does do or doesn't do. It's the mistake that we in the 21st century make in marriage. We think it's bilateral. We think that the promise is conditional. 
but it was never meant to be that way. The promise of marriage is an unconditional promise. I think that when we make an unconditional promise of relationship, when we say, no matter what you do, this is what I will do, I think that's the greatest promise that one person can make to another. Anyone who's been married for any amount of time will know that some days marriage is tough. And on those days, love needs to be a decision to honour the promise that we have made to the other party. You know, the whole decision of loving a husband or loving a wife is saying when one of us is down, then the other one comes up underneath and lifts them up. The reason that it's the greatest promise is that it says when you fail, I won't attack you, I won't reject you, no, no, I'll stick by you, I'll hold you, I'll cushion you, I'll protect you, I will lift you up and I will help you through. When you are hurting me, I won't hurt you back. An awesome promise. And it's why so many marriages fall apart today is that we don't understand the importance of making and keeping an unconditional promise to the person that we marry. In a sense, it parallels the final promise that Jesus made to his disciples. If you have a Bible, you can go and look it up later. It happens in the fifth book of the New Testament. It's called the Book of Acts, and it's in the first chapter. Let me read it to you, because it's just an an awesome thing that he does. After his death, Jesus presented himself alive in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face meetings, he talked to the disciples about things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but that they must wait for what the Father had promised. The promise you heard from me, said Jesus, John the Baptist baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. When they were together for the last time, they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Is now the time? And he said to them, look, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, and even unto the ends of the earth. These were his last words. As they watched, he was taken up and disappeared into a cloud. They stood there, staring into an empty sky. Suddenly two men appeared in white robes. They said, you Galileans, why are you standing there looking at an empty sky? This very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. When a man marries a woman, when a woman marries a man, the two become one flesh. They share the same bed. They share intimacy, physically and emotionally and spiritually. In a sense, the promise here that Jesus made, don't go away from Jerusalem, don't go anywhere, wait for what the Father promised, the promise of the Holy Spirit, you will receive the Holy Spirit. That promise of being baptised in the Spirit implies that same level of intimacy that you have between a husband and wife in a spiritual sense. Baptised literally means to be drenched, to be dunked and dripping. You know when you take a dry sponge and you pour water on it and start with the water doesn't sink in, but all of a sudden the sponge gets moist and then it's dripping wet. That's the picture of baptism. It's being completely drenched in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as we know, is one of the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. Jesus promises an intimate, spiritual, wonderful relationship by drenching us in the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
That is open to every believer to receive, to have an intimate relationship. And you can read in Acts 2, 3, and 4, the subsequent chapters, exactly how that happened at that time. But what does it mean? Well, to the 12 disciples, who were fishermen and bumpkins, all of a sudden Jesus gave them, through the presence of the Holy Spirit in them, the wisdom and the power and the strength and the godliness to be the founders of a church that is alive and well today. To you and me, well, I'm not sure what it means to you. But to me, I was an IT consultant. I was a businessman. I I hated Christians. Then one day I met Jesus. And he filled me. He baptized me with his Holy Spirit. And I experienced something that the disciples experienced. The power and the strength and the wisdom and the godliness and the intimacy and the closeness with him that enables an IT consultant like me to be doing what I'm doing now and sharing the wonders of God with you. One of his promises just before he ascended was, I will never leave you. That's what this is about. Everything Jesus is, teacher, healer, friend, Lord, saviour, wisdom, power, humility, everything he is, he will drench us in that, in power and intimacy forever and ever. That is the last promise of Jesus Christ. To celebrate Easter this year, I've written a new live application booklet called Who is Jesus? to help you draw ever closer to your Lord and Saviour. You see, my passion is seeing you live in a rich, powerful, dynamic relationship with Him. That's why I'd love to send you your very own free copy of this latest booklet. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you draw ever closer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time on Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.